This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. The reason I talk to you about names is that we're going to be learning about names in the Bible. And uh, typically in the Bible, when someone is called a certain name, uh, it it kind of alludes to someone's essence and its expression of who they are. And you guys know that. Many of you are, you know, study your Bible and read your Bible. So I shouldn't be telling anything you that's new, but just in case you forgot, names mean things. To know someone's name uh, in, the, in the Bible, it meant that you knew something about their nature, about who they were and their character. And so at Christmas time, and now, you know, we're in December, it's Christmas time, we're going to celebrate the birth of our Savior, who obviously had a name. And uh, and he has two names, and we're going to try to break down what those two names were and what they mean, and do they exude uh, his essence and who he is. Uh, we're going to see that one of the names is going to be pronounced by an angel, announced by an angel. Another is going to be based on an ancient prophecy in the Old Testament. So I want us to look at the name of Jesus. I think it's our first slide, second slide. So let's find out what this, these, his two names were. And this is from Luke's Biography as we look at Luke, and that's when you want to turn your Bible to, and of his life and found in the New Testament. Of course, you know that Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel, an angel, appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. This is the New Living Translation. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. As we say a lot of times in our culture, a name doesn't really mean a lot other than, you know, just a name that we call people. But again, there is something that's going to be revealed to us as the readers. And although almost everybody, at least in our world, knows that Mary's baby's name is Jesus, you may not know what it actually means. Mary was told to name her baby Jesus. Jesus is the Greek form of a Hebrew name, Yeshua. And we hear that word from time to time, which means what? The Lord saves. The Lord saves. Now we're going to talk about Emmanuel. But that was just as we're reading, uh, that's just Jesus is his first name. There's a full name. And uh, there's a second name that you'll find in Matthew. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, 
Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Again, NLT. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. In Matthew 1:18, verse 21. Let's just pause for a moment and think about that. The angel is coming. He's making an announcement of Jesus to Joseph like he did Mary. And he does the same thing. He tells him that his name should be called Jesus. But then we're going to read on here in a second. And all of this was fulfilled according to the message of the prophet. So it says this, Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And that's the second name of Jesus, Jesus, Yeshua, Emmanuel. God is with us. So let's add this up. The child was born into this world on that first Christmas morning, and it was given two specific names. Yeshua, God save us. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel tells us who he was. God is with us. And Jesus tell us, tells us, the name Jesus tells us what he came to do is to save us. Amen? If you can't remember anything about Christmas, remember that. God is with us and he came to save us. Last week I talked about the risk of adoption. And I've been overwhelmed by that reality again that it's, it's a risk to adopt someone into your family. We have some families that have adopted children. And uh, it, it's, it's not easy because you're taking on, uh, unless they, you, know, you, you were able to get them at birth, but typically that's not the case and you take on a child, you don't know what its, its life was like in the womb, you don't know what its life was like the first year, and all those are developmental times in their lives. And then you bring them into your family, there's a, there's a risk. Robin and I one time saw this uh, really sad story about uh, adopting in Russia. And they were given a picture, and they were like doing video conferencing, and when they got to Russia, they noticed that the baby was a little bit different. It was like a little, like a one-year-old. And the father, and they took, took it away from the orphanage, and they took it back to their, their place they were staying in, in Russia. And the wife said, this is not the baby that we adopted. And uh, there was a struggle, and they, were, and they tried to take the baby back to the orphanage, and the orphanage wouldn't receive it. And it was just crazy to think about all that. But I've been overwhelmed that Jesus 
adopted me. I don't want to project onto you, but man, the fact that Jesus took me into his family, talk about a risk. Talk about a risk. <laughs> the stories you've heard me say are the nice stories, okay? Uh, and for Jesus to take on Mario and bring him into his family at age 18 was a risk. I was, I was, <laughs> I was a kid that needed Jesus, and there was, I was not risk-free. And sadly, you know, um, I behaved like someone who had its own character, its own history, its own genetic flaws, and I brought that into the family of God, yet God took the risk of putting me into his family, the risk of me damaging his family. Um, and I think I'm just overwhelmed, the whole concept of adoption. And Jesus came to save us. Thank you, Jesus. So let's dig deeper. Let's talk about Emmanuel, God with us. And this is what I love about Christianity, about following Jesus. It's radical uh, that the birth of Jesus, and I think Eric mentioned this maybe a week ago in our prayer time, that Jesus came from his throne to planet Earth in human form. He came as a little, little baby, a little person. The second person of the Trinity comes down to our world and comes into the, our world as a little baby. Jesus, even as a little baby, was fully God and fully man. Uh, one of our favorite authors, especially in the 90s, Philip Yancey, said this, that God could have roared, could have ordered armies, could have made empires, make them like pawns on a chessboard, and God arrives, but what's he do? He, a baby arrives, a baby that can't speak, can't eat solid food, can't control his own bladder, and, and is dependent on people. He was poor. He needed his parents. He needed shelter. He needed food, and he needed love. And that's the beauty of following Jesus, of Christianity, is Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And, and, it's, and it's not only did he become flesh, it wasn't like he just became a baby. He was with us. You have a holy God, uh, and you have a whole bunch of people uh, that are not so holy, and uh, a bunch of holy, unholy men and women, and Jesus comes in this very vulnerable state. And he comes as Emmanuel, God with us. You would think, coming to this planet, uh, he would come as in, in a different form, in a different way, a different name. Sometimes people have misunderstood Jesus, and they think that his name means God against us, or he's God opposed to us, or God, and I used to struggle with this early on, God mad at us, angry at us. But it isn't. It's Emmanuel. God is with us. He's with you. So let's go to the second name, Jesus. He was with us to save us, to call us back to himself, to adopt us. 
Now, I don't know much about your own private, personal life, but I do know that you are a sinner because we're all sinners. And so we're all, um, we're all a risk. There's not one person who wasn't risky to be brought into the family of God. So Jesus came to save us, to call us back to himself. I read the story about um, and a friend of mine, um, his name is Dennis. He, um, he lost his daughter. She was 18 years old, and she was killed by a drunk driver. And I remember a friend of mine, we were in this kind of circle, and he was talking about his teenage son who was being pretty rebellious. The teenage son in the story was that at age 16, he was just flat out rebellious, Uh, wasn't doing schoolwork, was skipping school, was um, going out late at night, did not follow anybody's rules at home, mom or dad's, curfew meant nothing, Uh, failing in school. I can remember the story um, because it resonated with me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I just wanted to say that. Uh, Maybe I was too, it wasn't funny, I I guess. Uh, But I uh, I remember vividly just listening to the story. Cy Rogers mentions this as well when he was here with us. Um, anyway, the father of this teen boy was saying that he would, he would just get frustrated. The son would leave. And a couple times he would get, leave for a couple days. And him and his wife were just distraught. And they would just kind of wait anxiously, hoping that their child was okay, their son was okay. And he talked about standing in front of the door there's, you know, like they had like a, a storm door, glass door. And he says, just looking out, waiting for any semblance of a vehicle driving back home. And he was standing in front of the, and he kept staring and he kept praying, Lord. Even though he was furious with his son, he really prays that, I pray, Lord, that he's safe. And Lord, bring him home. Bring him home safely. Uh, Cy Rogers mentioned about he would rather have a rebellious child than no child. My friend Dennis, who lost his 18-year-old daughter, basically said the same thing. He says, man, I wish I would have my daughter back even if she was a rebellious child. And so uh, when that father was standing at the door, he was just sick to his stomach because he longed for that, his son to come home safe. And I would say that's a good analogy about Jesus and, and God and how he feels about us. He's a love-sick father waiting for us to come to him. And some of us have been rebellious, and maybe uh, you are being rebellious. You're not fellowshipping with him. You're not relating with Jesus. You're not spending time with him. Uh, and he longs for that relationship. He's like a lovesick father waiting to come, even though the child might be rebellious. 
God with us. He came to save us. God is standing at the door for many of us. Willing to love us. Uh, it doesn't, he loves us so much, it's not like he lets us stay in our current state. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Um, he loves us so much that he'll, he'll send his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come and convict us of our sins. You know, we're being rebellious. We need to repent of those things and, and say, Lord, I'm sorry for doing those things in rebellious ways. I, I turn, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I turn my life to live the life that you've called me to. Jesus has compassion for his, his people. He loves us. Uh, Jesus, as we know, the reason we talk, talk about communion and the cross is he loves us so much that uh, he's willing to go on the, on the cross for us. He paid a debt that he didn't owe. Uh, we had a debt we couldn't pay. And Jesus says, I'll go in your place. I'll go in your place. Why? Because he is a lovesick father. He loves us. Jesus, God save us. Emmanuel, God with us. So as we are in the beginning of a fast-paced life of Christmas, I want to challenge us to remember his name, Jesus God save us, Emmanuel, God with us. He, he loves you. He loves me. And, you know, back to my friend's story, and I just thought of it is that, uh, thought to say this again, he's, even though his child is rebellious, he can't wait to have that relationship again to make things well. He's a lovesick father for us. So how do we respond to a lovesick father, a lovesick parent? Is I would, I would encourage us, even if you've been following Jesus for a long time like me, that we would always uh, respond to his wooing of us. That he loves us. He's trying to, to, to draw close to us. Um, and even though we might be messed up or we've messed up, He's still trying to get us, and through the Holy Spirit, convicting us, those things that might separate us, uh, to, to be removed by the blood of Christ so we can be brought to him. That's the beauty. Jesus isn't messed up. We're the messed up ones, and, and we can ask the Lord to cleanse our hearts through repentance and say, God, we plead the blood of Christ. Help us to, to build uh, and reconnect uh, I might disappoint you from time to time. Uh, our church might disappoint you from time to time. But I will tell you that Jesus never will disappoint you. And so our job as pastors and elders and leaders is that we're going to point to Jesus. We're going to point to Jesus. He's perfect. We have, many of us have experienced the love of Jesus and he's changed our lives. And maybe, some, maybe somebody in this room has had some nev negative experiences with a church. Uh, maybe you've run into people who have put on the mask of being a Christian, but they weren't. Uh, let me encourage you that focus on Jesus. Uh, Jesus is our, our Savior. He's the one that we follow. 
So we're not following a program. We're not following a culture. Although we have programs and there is a Christian culture. But that's not going to save us. That's not going to find us the fulfillment that only comes through Jesus. And if you're here and you have skepticism, we, we accept people who have uh, skepticism. We're on this journey with Jesus together. Not all of us are in the same spot, but all of us are going in this, praying that we all go in the same direction. So if you have, maybe you're, you have cynicism, raise your hand. No, you don't have to raise your hand. Or distrust. Uh, that's okay. You know, as you know, many of you know, I'm, I'm part of an investigative team of some uh, spiritual abuse across uh, in another state. And I, I get there might be people who have been in that ministry where they're struggling with cynicism and distrust and doubt and skepticism. And I want to validate that they have reasons to be. But at the same time, I want them to just keep their eyes on Jesus. Keep their eyes on Jesus. And all of us are capable of, of disappointment. Right? Uh, I don't think, you know, all of us who post on social media, we're not really posting our dirty laundry. And, and if we did, we probably wouldn't have as many followers as we do. But just think of it. Jesus knows your dirty laundry. He knows it. And, and yet he still wants a relationship with us. He knows the stuff that you won't post, but he still loves us, loves us to convict us, to make things right like we did in communion because he knows what's best for us. So Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Someone wrote, if Jesus appeared at your dining room table tonight with the knowledge of everything you are not, total comprehension of your life story, every skeleton hidden in your closet, if he laid out all your hidden agendas, your mixed motives, dark desires, buried down deep in your psyche, he would still love you and want you to be part of his family. He wants you to feel his forgiveness and acceptance. And he would do anything to build that relationship, which he already has. So, what do you give a person that already has everything? My kids ask me, what, what, what should they get me? I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, it's like, I have a lot of stuff. Uh, what can we give Jesus that he, he doesn't already have? Well, I'd say the only thing he really desires is, is you. It's me. There's no other Daniel. There's no other uh, Christopher. There's no other Micah. The gift that he wants is your whole life, my whole life. So at Christmas time, as we start, we're in the beginning of December. I pray that, um, I pray that you, you respond to God save us and God with us.
Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come on up. We're going to sing the song to wrap up our time together. And it's just an affirmation of God's love for us and affirmation that we need saving. So as we, uh, let's go ahead and stand and we're, we're going to pray while the, the band comes up. So not only can we give our lives, we can have an, a spirit of gratitude. And one of the ways that we can express a spirit of gratitude during our Christmas season is to give Jesus all of us. And that we would celebrate our Christmas time the way it was meant to be. To make sure we constantly and consistently rededicate our lives back to him over and over again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your good, you are kind, you are strong. Every eye bowed, uh, head bowed, eye closed. If you're saying, Pastor Mario, I'd like to, uh, I'm raising my hand, I'm raising both my hands. Say, Pastor, I would like to again and again rededicate my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand, amen, yes. Hands all over the place. Lord, help us to, to always remember you came to save us and you are God with us. Thank you, Jesus. Let's finish our time by singing a song. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.